This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. If you enjoy listening to The Blueprint, would you please take a few moments and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, and then leave us a review and a comment on the Apple Podcast app. This will help us reach more people as Apple promotes podcasts with more reviews and comments. Today is the first episode in a series of three episodes on the science of productivity. Today, I'll break down the science behind circadian and ultradian rhythms and how to use this information to schedule your day for maximum productivity. I think most of you would agree that we are a distracted society. Now more than ever, our attention is pulled in a million places and it's more difficult than ever to do productive work. You're probably nodding your head as I say this, but have you ever asked yourself, why is distraction an issue? In general, our economy has shifted to a knowledge worker economy. A knowledge worker is anyone who generates value through knowledge. This includes like computer programmers, teachers, architects, engineers, scientists, accountants, lawyers, academics, you name it. Right now, the world has over 1 billion knowledge workers. And for us to be most effective, we must produce quality work. This requires focused thinking and limiting distractions so we can solve difficult problems. I'm betting most of you can probably intimately relate to this issue of distraction. I want to read you some statistics compiled by Atlassian that details how much time we waste at work. Now, this was done in 2018, but some of these are probably still applicable. Atlassian compiled a bunch of excellent data from a variety of resources and have identified the three biggest culprits for wasted time. Number one, excessive emails. Number two, pointless meetings. Number three, constant meetings. And then I added a fourth for a specific reason, and that would be social media. Here are a few disturbing statistics. The average worker checks their email 36 times a day. The average worker attends 62 meetings a month. Half of those meetings they would consider a waste of time. 31 hours per month are spent on unproductive meetings. And that's why for my team at AIM7, we usually just meet 15 to 20 minutes in the morning. And I'm always pushing to get us out as fast as we can because our attention spans are limited and we can always come back and meet later. During those meetings, 91% of people daydream, 39% sleep, 45% have felt overwhelmed by the daily number of meetings, and 73% did other work. And I think that's a huge issue for Zoom meetings. I'm sure you can relate. You've been on a Zoom meeting with somebody and they're looking at something else and you could totally tell. It's not only distracting, but I also think it's kind of disrespectful. Like you should give somebody your attention. But if you're organizing the meeting, you're 90 minutes plus deep, it's time to cut it off. A survey that was just published by Statista Research Department in January of 2022 found that the leading distractions among employees while working from home during the COVID pandemic were as follows. Number one, social media. Number two, smartphones. Number three, binge watching TV. Number four, kids. Five, games. Six, news media. Seven, pets. Eight, online shopping. And number nine, my favorite, their partner. A 2018 survey by Udemy found that more than 70% of workers report feeling distracted on the job, with 16% saying they feel unfocused. And this is costing U.S. businesses upwards of $650 billion a year. So here's the rub. A lack of productivity causes us to work 
longer hours, which causes stress and frustration, which leads to a lack of engagement and people feel dissatisfied. So what do they do? They check out or they look for another job, which totally reminds me of Peter from Office Space. Now, with more people working from home and exploring entrepreneurial ventures, productivity is at a premium. The next three episodes are dedicated to productivity. In this episode, I want to help you understand the primary drivers of alertness and sleep and how to take advantage of the natural rise and fall of alertness and attention that you experience each day to improve your productivity. Then over the next two episodes, we'll talk about how to create an environment that lends itself to distraction-free work and behavioral tools you can implement to enhance your focus and alertness. The first thing you need to understand is what drives your level of alertness. Let's face it, if you aren't alert, you'll easily drift. And humans are diurnal, which means we are active during the day and we sleep at night. Diurnality is a cycle of activity that occurs within a 24-hour period. Your physical and mental performance fluctuates over a 24-hour period in a rhythmic pattern. There are certain times of days you're more alert and less alert, and you can perform physically at your best and not so much. This cyclical rise and fall of alertness and sleepiness are regulated by your circadian cycle, which is endogenous or it's internal in nature, but it's impacted by external cues called zeitgebers or time givers, of which the primary one is light. Zeitgebers such as light, temperature, and humidity can alter circadian rhythmicity, and they help constrain your internal rhythms to a 24-hour period. I went into great detail on this in episode number 70, which was called Sleep 101. So if you want to learn more about that, go check that one out. But sleep is a background driver for productivity, and here's why. The circadian process is one of three distinct processes that underlies sleep regulation and our level of alertness. The second process is the homeostatic process, which increases the drive or need for sleep in the absence or delay of sleep onset. So if you haven't slept in a while or you decide to stay up really late, you feel that, oh, I gotta go to bed. This also reduces the drive for sleep and the response to adequate or excessive sleep. So simply put, when you wake up and you're well-rested, you don't feel the need to sleep. But as the day progresses, your body actually has like a hunger for sleep. Part of this is a biochemical process, which is the result of the buildup of adenosine in the basal forebrain. This buildup of adenosine promotes a positive sleep pressure. And as we'll discuss later, adenosine antagonists such as caffeine can prevent sleep or lead to a transient decrease in sleep pressure which would improve your alertness. So if you block adenosine buildup, it makes you feel like you don't have to sleep, so you're more alert. In episode three, we'll discuss how to safely use caffeine for focus and performance. I'm not advocating that you consume energy drinks, but the reality is people love coffee, and if you're going to consume it, I want you to know what the safe and acceptable limits are and when to use it. The third process that underlies sleep regulation is an ultradian process that occurs within sleep and is composed of the alternation of two sleep states, REM and non-REM. But ultradian processes don't just occur during sleep. Sleep researcher Nathaniel Kleitman discovered the basic rest activity cycle over 50 years ago. He found that humans sleep in ultradian cycles, that's 90 to 110 minute cycles, and that during the day, approximately every 90 minutes, our body moves through different levels of alertness. You literally ride a wave of alertness and focus, followed by a reduction in alertness. So it's like 
up and down on these waves. Therefore, it's really not practical to think that you can just power through five hours of work and be dialed in all the time. As a matter of fact, long work hours increase anxiety and stress. So when you like sit down to do something for like six or seven hours, like you're going to feel more and more stress and anxiety because you're fatiguing. Ideally, you should work in 75 to 90 minute sprints of work followed by complete rest. So if an ultradian cycle is 90 minutes, rising in alertness, and then this fall in alertness, I recommend that you just work in those cycles, 75 to 90 minutes, followed by at least a 15 to 20 minute break that doesn't include focused work or anything that requires focus at all. And that really includes your cell phone. Because by looking at your cell phone, you're focusing your concentration and visual field on a small space. You don't want to do that. You really just want to check out. Ideally, a break may include going for a walk, eating, taking a nap, exercising, stay off your phone, like I just said. And it's best if you can just kind of put yourself in like portrait mode. Like don't focus on really anything. Just kind of chill. Like let yourself space out. You need these breaks to give your nervous system a break, more specifically your central nervous system, which includes your brain. Your body can't go at 100% all the time. So you need to give it a chance to relax. And this is exactly how I arrange my day. I pick out the big things that I must do that day and then I just plan work sprints around them. So personally, I use the full focus planner and I start by identifying what are called objectives and key results. That's actually from a different book, but phenomenal way to arrange different types of work goals. And I, find, I figure out what the OKRs are for the quarter and then the big three things I need to do each week to accomplish those objectives and key results. Then I work backwards even further and pick the big three things each day that I need to do to achieve my weekly big three to hit my quarterly OKRs, and then I plan sprints around them. So in this way, I'm always moving the needle towards my goals and I'm being very intentional about my time and energy. So if I know I've got to get these big three things done today, then I find a time in my schedule. I block out 90 minutes for each one of them and I just get it done. If you can do three to four legitimate 90 minute sprints per day, you will be incredibly productive. The reality is you may only get in two per day to start, but that's okay. You can build the capacity for more. In the coming episodes, we're going to discuss how to create an environment for productivity and behaviors and tools you can use to enhance focused work. If you found today's podcast valuable, please share it with a friend or loved one that wants to improve their productivity, as this is a small way that you can make a positive impact in someone else's life. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.